welcome, 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 friends, to Voices of the Sacred Feminine Radio, whether you're across town or across the globe. And yes, uh, we are still trying to manage this Mercury retrograde that we are living in for maybe about another week. And the best way to manage it is by marinating, by contemplating, by planning and mulling things over and not making any big commitments, at least not for another week. Uh, That's always the best way to handle the confusion and the miscommunications that come with this kind of cosmic energy. Also, too, uh, I believe there is a lunar eclipse on Friday. Yes, indeed, a lunar eclipse this Friday. And they tell me that the energies of this lunar eclipse helps us to rid ourselves of those feelings of disempowerment, um, you know, those uh, shadow things in our psyche that make us feel less than, that make us feel small, that make us feel devalued. Uh, So use these energies Friday. Uh, Work with it. Uh, Focus on that. Uh, Rid yourself of those things that, uh, that no longer serve you. Yes, indeed. Well, if uh, you're new to the show, I'm your hostess, Karen Tate, and uh, I've been honored to be named one of the 13 most influential women in goddess spirituality and a wisdom keeper of the goddess spirituality movement. Thank you. Thank you for all of you out there who are a part of that. And I thank you, too, for uh, taking your valuable time to be with me tonight, uh, partaking of uh, the wisdom of the show and uh, so many of my guests uh, who uh, you have lovingly called, um, uh, you know, a treasure trove of wisdom for our time. Uh, These folks that uh, uh, have shared uh, so much of their wisdom who give us uh, pieces to the puzzle to create uh, that new normal we are so so hungry for, so anxious, uh, you know, for this new normal uh, to begin. Uh, tonight, uh, we have returning to the show at my invitation, Genevieve Vaughn, and uh, she is a foremother and founder of the All Women Multicultural Foundation for a Compassionate Society. We're going to be discussing uh, shifting the paradigm to gift economy and away from predator capitalism that causes so much suffering and destruction. I don't have to tell you, I don't think, how important that is. Because, you know, um, we we have to be able to vision something before we can manifest it. And Jen is one of these people who has uh, uh, those delicious morsels uh, to help us vision uh, this new normal so that we can actually bring it into being. We'll learn how Jen got into this philosophy, why exchange is so popular, and how this could lead toward a more peaceful world. We'll discuss what homo donans is and the interpersonal neurobiology of mothers and children and discover what that has to do with the gift economy. She'll tell us what's the difference between, um, you know, what's the difference between gift and exchange and, um, you know, what are there, uh, you know, what are societies uh, based on giving? I'll ask Jen how we can start making this a reality and what challenges uh, she's maybe been up against uh, teaching these new ideas. So you want to be sure to uh, stay tuned tonight and, uh, you know, maybe listen to our interview a few times and uh, share it with your friends. Uh, you know, we're obligated, I think, to create this new normal and, you know, spread important information like this. 
But before we start our interview, uh, just a couple things. Um, I want to mention that uh, uh, I am starting a new series, a special series, uh, for the month of October. It will probably run for about four or five weeks. And uh, as many of you probably know, the month of October is when we're getting ready for Hallows and Samhain and uh, the Day of the Dead, the time when so many cultures uh, honor their ancestors when we believe the veil between the worlds is thinnest. And uh, this special series that uh, will be starting uh, and running, is starting in October and running probably um, every Monday and Friday in addition to my regular Wednesday show. So that's right, you will see a show Monday, Wednesday, and Friday uh, in October and probably the first week in November. Uh, This special show is called uh, Their Voices Live On, Gone But Not Forgotten. And uh, I'm going to be replaying some of the interviews that I've had with uh, our foremothers and way showers who are no longer uh, on this earthly plane with us. Uh, sometimes it is them themselves. Other times it is people um, in tribute to them. And some of the folks we will be honoring and remembering and uh, hearing their voice live on will be um, Lane Redman, uh, Lydia Rule. Uh, Lady Olivia Robertson. Uh, we will also hear uh, from Patricia Monahan. Uh, we'll hear tributes to Astrid Fidel Long and Merlin Stone, uh, Barbara Moore, Isaac Bonowitz. Uh, so you know a lot, of, a lot of important people who um, you know I'm sad to say are no longer with us. Uh, Marco Adler, another one, and. Um, yeah, as I said, you know, their their voices live on, and it's my great honor to have been able to interview them and uh, save their wisdom in the archives here at Voices of the Sacred Feminine. And I also want to thank all of you out there who were actually at the Pagan Fest Day this uh, past weekend in uh, Burbank, uh, California, at the uh, Burbank Marriott. What a wonderful event. Uh, I, we, are, we are so hoping that this is going to become the, pan, the Pantheacon South, as some have been calling it. Uh, you know, Pantheacon is a, uh, an event that uh, happens uh, in San Jose, Northern California once a year and uh, usually I think in February and it's a major uh, conference uh, on the West Coast and uh, we've always dreamed that we would have one down here in Southern California and uh, they did such a great day uh, with uh, the Pagan Day Fest. Uh, We hope it will continue and grow and uh, be our Southern version of that and I just want to thank uh, all of you folks who came to my presentation on Saturday, uh, you you um, you warmed my heart. Uh, it was incredible to see the room filled to capacity, uh, even standing room uh, only, and the uh, you know the writing clubs that came to uh, hear me talk about uh, uh, reclaiming and rewriting our sacred stories and reawakening goddess mythology and reinterpreting it. Um, it, it felt really good to have so many interested and inspired people. So if you were one of those, know, uh, know, know that it meant, uh, it, it meant an awful lot for, for me to see you there and uh, to hear your questions and to have your input and to look around the room and see your head shaking, yes, yes, and 
uh, you know, to, to see that I was really reaching you. And I, I really got the sense that uh, you were taking what I said seriously and you were going to go home and, you know, rewrite these myths and sacred stories and write new ones and write songs and write children's books and maybe even a goddess Bible because we know how important it is to have our, our special sacred stories because it is those sacred stories that shape our culture and we need uh, stories that uh, uh, that tell us how to live a better life and empower women and uh, rather than the patriarchal stories that tell about goddess uh, in all her many faces as a shadow you know of her former self you know a shadow of her former glory um, you know that uh you know doesn't always leave us with a good message because uh you know the story's been tainted by patriarchy so anyway uh if and if you weren't able to be at the conference uh you can actually hear me give uh a very similar talk uh that I gave at the council for the parliament of world religions and uh we videotaped it and it is on youtube so don't feel left out you can actually hear uh, you know what I've said if uh, this sounds like something you're interested in so just go to YouTube and in the search box put uh, uh, Karen Tate and uh, you'll find my YouTube channel there and uh, you'll see a lot of stuff that I've done and if you have any problem at all finding it please don't hesitate to just email me and I will be very happy uh, to send you the link or uh, point you in the right direction okay so uh, with uh, that all out of the way, um, I want to uh, turn my attention to my wonderful guest tonight, uh, Genevieve Vaughn, and I've told you a little bit about her, but uh, I want to tell you a bit more by way of her bio and tell you about some of her books, and then we'll start our chat. Uh, Jen was born in Texas, uh, and she created the All-Women Multicultural Foundation for a Compassionate Society from 87 to 2005, and uh, she initiated a network, uh, International Feminists for a Gift Economy, from, uh, since goes back to 2001 to now. Her book's uh, titles are For Giving, For Dash Giving, For Giving, of Feminist Criticism of Exchange, also Homo Donans, also The Gift in the Heart of Language, The Maternal Source of Meaning, which is a new one. She'll tell us about that tonight. Uh, she's also edited two anthologies. Um, I think this first one is called Il Dono, The Gift, A Feminist Analysis, and Women in the Gift Economy. And she's now finishing another one uh, based on the conference that was held in Rome last year called The Maternal Root of the Gift Economy. And after we chat or while we're chatting, uh, I invite you to go to her websites. They are gift dash economy dot com or her name genevievevaughn.org and uh, Genevieve is lucky enough to live part of her time in Italy and part of her time in Texas uh, so Jen welcome to the show thank you so much uh, I'm really glad uh, to be here and thank you for inviting me 
Well, you know, you are one of our foremothers, and you have so much wisdom to share. It is, uh, you know, my great honor uh, to have you on the show because, uh, you know, as I was saying, opening uh, opening the show, talking about uh, your work and, you know, reclaiming our sacred stories and how all of this is so important, um, you know, I, it, it, it's hard to change the world. And uh, I think we have a better chance of doing it if uh, we can show people that we have alternatives to the way things are being done today. And uh, you're out there, uh, you know, teaching about that and showing people that we do have an alternative to this predator capitalism that, uh, you know, uh, has, uh, has its boot on the neck of, of so many people. That's right. Yeah, it certainly does. And, uh, and we do already have another economy that we grow up in. Every child has to receive free from their mother uh, the sustenance for their lives. And uh, if they don't, they die. So the mother has to give directly to the child without an exchange. It's not a capitalistic uh, interaction. It's a give-and-receive interaction. It's much more basic than exchange. And, and we all do it, and we keep doing it throughout our lives, even though the exchange way or the exchange paradigm gives us glasses that we look at everything through. And so we don't see the direct giving that we're doing. But we are doing a lot of it. I mean, even when you breathe in and breathe out, that's already a gift. It's a free gift that you're receiving and a free gift that you're giving uh, to the, uh, your breath out to the trees and the plants that can use that and make oxygen again. And then um, the gifts of words come through our breath as well. So we have gifts all around us without recognizing them. Um, yeah, and, you know, and... Yeah, I I think, um, you know, so often the work of women, the work of mothers, you know, whether it's, as you just described, mother to child, or whether it's caregivers, you know, parents uh, being cared for by their children when they're elderly, or, uh, you know, the sick in our family, or, you know, so often that care is given by women, and uh, it's so uh, taken for granted and underestimated, don't you think? Absolutely, and uh, um, I appreciate the people that are talking about the care economy now, but the gift economy, as I see it, is something uh, that is an alternative to the care economy. The care economy is usually seen as something inside of capitalism that sort of makes it better and needs to be appreciated much more and needs to be valued and often to uh, receive uh, compensation for, but the gift economy is an alternative paradigm where we need to shift towards the mother and away from uh, the market and a patriarchy. Right, absolutely. So that's the difference between those uh, 
between those two and and maybe some would say and I don't know I mean this just occurred to me maybe some would say the caring economy could to, could in a sense be a transition uh you know step until we can you know make that uh that next step to uh you know to a gift economy um you know it's it's so hard for people to wrap their mind around uh doing things differently you know it uh, I I think it um you know brings a lot of fear to them because they don't really understand exactly how it would work and uh, and, and I'm sure you've thought it all out, and, and you have really good answers uh, for them. Um, you know, I, I, but I, I guess that maybe sometimes they're, um, you know, they they worry uh, because they know how hard it is to even get to get people to tithe, you know, or uh, you know to get people to actually uh, contribute to society. So if everything was based on gift giving, um, what do you do with the stingy people? <laughs> or is that well, or my, to, to totally everybody gets reeducated from childhood up by shifting the paradigm towards mothering and uh, away from exchange, shifting towards gift giving, shifting towards the matriarchal uh, ways where caring is valued, both for women and for men, and the market is not the center of society. So uh, I'm talking about a global change, and of course, in order to arrive at a global change, you have to keep on living in the present. And so I'm not a person that says you have to uh, stop working at at your day job in order to do this. It's a question, for me at least, in really shifting the way we think, uh, and then uh, practicing a totally different practice. But we also need to recognize how much gift-giving we're already doing in our daily lives and how much is already um, based on the other paradigm while we're still uh, thinking of things in in terms of exchange and money and so forth. So one of my... Things that I've been working on is language and how language is based on gift giving and mothering, and uh, that is uh, for me a, a really different way of looking at language from the, all of the ways that the linguists and semioticians and uh, Chomskyans and what have you look at it, um, because the mothering has been completely excluded from the basic. Uh, understanding of language and yet you know we learn language from our mothers but it's the gift economy the gift giving as language as gift giving as nurturing the other person with uh, ideas and with words um, and and uh, the transmission of perceptions and so forth it's all has to do with nurturing and uh, words as gifts and, uh, okay. Well, well, let's so, talk yeah. about some examples. Um, you know, and I want to get into examples of language. But before we jump over to the language, can you give some examples of, like you said, okay, we don't have to quit our day job, but you know, ways that we can start putting the gift economy into practice? Well, it's, uh, you kind of have to underline what you are already doing as gifting, like um, any. 
time you smile at somebody that looks sad, you're, you're giving them a gift. Anytime you're satisfying somebody else's need without expecting uh, something back in exchange, you're already giving them a gift. And uh, we just don't see those things as gifts. We see them as uh, just being nice. Or um, I, I don't know exactly how uh, I would say that we, we see our, our interactions. It's just daily life. But if we right. can re- it's a reinterpretation that I'm asking for. And, um, and it's a big-picture look at things that we need to take into account before uh, we can actually locate our own new practice within a bigger picture, because that's what we really have to do. It's so hard to have a new kind of gift practice that doesn't have a bigger picture to be part of. And uh, that's what hurts people when they're, when they're trying to do it uh, on their own, just starting from scratch and decide to not participate in, in the market anymore. It's dangerous, and it is scary, and sometimes it works because sometimes I guess we're lifted up by the goddess, but other times it doesn't work very well, and one of the reasons is that the other people don't understand what we're doing either. So if we're trying to give people gifts, they don't, the people, other people don't understand it. Like I right, remember a right. woman told me she, was try, she wanted to, so quite a while ago, she wanted to uh, gift babysitting to some people that she knew. And so she offered her services free. And they accepted it a couple of times, and then they started saying, well, what does she want? She's trying to get yeah. you. They got scared of her. And, right, uh, right. And that's just because well, they don't, nobody well, thinks in those terms yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the people who were listening to this show, and I'm sure a lot of other shows, um, I mean, I'm always happy if someone sends a donation, but it's not a requirement to hear the show. Um, So in a sense, that's a gift. When when priestesses put on rituals and, uh, you know, for the community, uh, that's, you know that's gift giving. Uh, when people go to the Sepmet Temple that you founded uh, outside Las Vegas, uh, they aren't required to uh, pay anything to stay there and uh, use the facility. Though it, it's nice if they do leave a donation. Uh, those those are all exam you know concrete examples uh, you know that that people could uh, see as, uh, you know, as gift-giving. But I I think where it gets complicated or harder to wrap your head around is, okay, so how do you get the landlord or the grocery or the utility company, how do you get those things as gifts? Uh, You don't. The the grocer has to decide that they want to do the gifting. You, You can't make them do it as a receiver. You know, I mean, it has to be a community thing. You have to, people have to start shifting the paradigm before they right, can right. shift so, the paradigm. <laughs> it's really a, so in other words, a, their paradigm. So everybody, so the whole idea, okay, so, so let me say what I think you're saying. Okay, so the, the grocer and the utility company and the landlord who expects his rent, they would not 
be um, expecting that monetary payment from you because somebody else is gifting them their food, utilities, and rent. So if everybody is participating in it, then that's how it works. Is that is yeah. that what you mean? Well, okay. yeah, if the community is doing it, but also – even if the community is not really doing it yet, if people are understanding uh, that this person who wants to do things free or have things free is in a gift economy mentality, that that person has the belief system of the gift economy, then then they don't think you're, you're just trying to rip them off, you know. Right. <laughs> we have, it, it's two, it, 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 the two paradigms are are interlocked and and extreme uh extremely different from each other even though they don't look like it and so uh it's since it is part of our daily lives we need to be able to have a bigger picture to locate it within in order to be able to change it that's the yeah you know i i I think i think it just yeah, it just I probably seems unfathomable, you know, to some people that, you know, we uh that, that we could possibly move to something like that. But, you know, who knows? Um I mean uh, what this paradigm shift may bring. I mean, I was just talking to a gentleman last night who was telling me about this book, I think it was called titled Singularity, about if we're around by twenty twenty five, you know, we're gonna see such incredible changes including uh, maybe even almost immortality because we will be able to enhance our body uh, with technology so that we can live longer and, uh, you know, all sorts of things. And, uh, it, you know, it's exciting to think what might be on the horizon. Well, uh, for me, uh, I think we need the values of the gift economy as well because we need to satisfy needs. And mm-hmm. as long as we are starving, <laughs> are, are yeah. creating starvation for billions of people and we are destroying them in wars, uh, yeah. we cannot uh, be happy uh, to uh, live eternally. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so we have to put into practice the gift-giving, which is uh, based is, – is uh, in the framework of compassion and and not uh a hope for a an, an eternal body. I think that right. just while uh, so many other bodies are are dying and suffering. Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there because there's certainly enough on this planet for everyone if it's just distributed properly, you know. Right. And, and that's uh, what I'm talking about is distributing the goods to the needs rather than to profit. You know, so yes, if we exactly. consider how much free goods goes into the profit of uh, of people, that, and we realize how much this is sort of a capitalism is kind of a parasite on the gifts of everyone as well as on the gifts of nature, uh, we can we begin to see the negative side of of exchange and the market. And, uh, and and bring up the positive side of the gift and the maternal side of the gift, which is also exploited by patriarchy and so forth as women are exploited and, uh, and, and men are exploited who do uh, gift-giving, who work beyond uh, 
the uh, the hours that they're paid. Uh, yes, and, absolutely. And, so forth, and the many in the many ways that people are exploited. So that's uh, right. Exploitation is a way of getting free gifts without paying for them. And, True. Uh, and so that's how uh, our society makes its profit. And, uh, and so we need to see the interaction between what is already gifting and what is already exchange and, and, and really change that around and begin to value the gifting and not the exchange. Yeah, and I mean, I well, I mean, it's going to take everyone evolving, everyone vibrating on a higher level, everyone changing their value system to be in service to, you know, think about reciprocity, uh, you know, and and it is, it can't just be survival of the fittest. It's got to be the we and the us. It's, uh, you know, it it can't, you know, we can't continue to measure our value and our wealth in monetary terms. You know, maybe we should. Should uh, value ourselves in service terms. You know how. Yeah. You know how. How do we? You know uh, what good are we doing in the world? You know or what? Right. You know or, or we. Is, is part of the gift. Yeah. That's what I can. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so so. So Genevieve, how did you um, how did you come to this? I mean, um, or and, well, and was, are you the or are you the originator of this idea? Oh no, I'm not. I'm the originator of the maternal side of it, but uh, the gift economy uh, has been talked about uh, mostly since uh, uh, Marcel Mauss, who was a French. Uh, anthropologist, philosopher, sociologist, uh, who's, who uh, followed the studies of other people like Bronislav Malinowski and so forth in the 20s, 1920s. And um, uh, he had, Malinowski had studied uh, the Trobriand Islanders in the Pacific and other groups as well, and, and Moss as well. And they uh, saw that these societies did not have a market and that they instead had gifting circles, big gifting circles in, in which some gifts went around one direction and some others went around in another direction, and this was a way of creating community among the people in the, in the islands. And, um, and so Moss made a, quite a, 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 an important book about different types of gifting in different societies. And um, um, that book was the basis of a lot of philosophy of, uh, and study of gifting during uh, the whole uh, 20th century. And um, his, um, his idea was that giving has, gifting has three parts, uh, giving, receiving, and uh, giving in return. So his, his uh, way of looking at it was uh, almost an exchange. And my way of looking at it is different. I say it's like a maternal gift is the basis, uh, which is giving and receiving. That's the first two steps. You don't have to give back. You can give forward. But uh, there's not a, a necessary exchange, because if you have an exchange, that changes the relationship, and it's not the interest in the other person, but it's your own self-interest that has to be affirmed in giving back. 
and uh, so there's a there's a uh, continuity between gift exchange and market exchange, although they are certainly not the same thing. But one of the uh, let's say payoffs of the gift exchange is reputation, and so the person that gives the most is most uh, uh, um, popular or, or has the best reputation, and that has usually worked out a lot in, in patriarchal terms where men are the biggest givers and uh, want to be applauded the most and be the, the head of the group and so forth. Not necessarily so much in in uh, pre-capitalist societies as in our societies. And and uh, we've seen on the Internet with the gifting on the Internet and, and, and that, that the free software makers have been men who have wanted to uh, be the, the best and the top guys, and in the end, a lot of them kind of sold out to the to the uh, software companies. But that's beside the point. But, well, uh, isn't anyway, Tesla? Isn't Tesla? All of this has happened. All of this has created uh, a whole lot of academic work and uh, on uh, the gift economy, and uh, but it's basically left women out. And so if um, if I have started anything, it is I've, I've started uh, a uh, work on unilateral gift-giving and maternal gift-giving and seeing us, uh, our societies and also pre-capitalist societies were a great deal uh, done by um, provisioning economy that was not a gift exchange. Everybody has to live and has to babies have to be nurtured and that has to be done by somebody that gives to them free. And so that yes. is the basis I think of of the um the alternative way because when you receive free and give free, you create a different kind of human relationship than you do if you're forced to to give and receive. And so, so is the um, difference the difference think, between is the difference between me? gift and exchange is I the can't difference hear you. Bet, the can you hear me now? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Um can Hello? you hear uh, uh, is uh, yes. uh Jen? Can you yes, hear I me? I can hear you now. Okay. Uh is the difference between gift uh gift versus exchange that exchange there's payment involved? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In exchange, that you, it's it's an it's a equivalent between my gift or my product and your product or your money, and uh, then each one has to give back the, an equivalent of what they've been given. So it's uh, in what I'm calling gift <coughs> is unilateral giving. That is, I give to satisfy the need, and that's it. It's, it ends there. Then the other that person can give again, or I can give again, or and eventually somebody will give to me as well. So even right, that right. person that receives from me can give to me, but it's not um, it's not forced. They're not forced to give to me. Yes. Yeah, so you're giving freely without the expectation or requirement of 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 uh, something in exchange, so something back. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and, okay, uh, I get anyway, that. Anyway, you asked how I got started. I was uh, I was born in Texas, 
in a, a, a well-to-do family, and uh, I don't know for exactly what reason, probably um, I had visited Mexico and seen a lot of poor people in Mexico and, and uh, had come back and seen a lot of poor people in Texas, and I wasn't poor, and I just wondered why that it was that way. And um, and at a certain point, I really wanted to try to do something about it. And I kind of, uh, for years, I just wondered what I could do. And uh, I finally, when I, I married an Italian and moved to Italy and kind of got my political consciousness raised there uh, and, and got involved in this, discussion of uh, language and um, exchange, and then realized, um, because I had little children, that I was teaching language to them, or they were learning language from me more than that I was teaching them, but we were, we were communicating, and uh, there was not an exchange going on. It was a giving, and that's what they learned the language from, and so I began to see from that and from other studies that I had done, that there was this other way of doing things based on mothering and that it was valuable. And so when I discovered that, and it took me a long time to come to it, to, to realize that what I was doing as a mother had an importance, it was valuable, and it was a different kind of an economy. It was a provisioning, a provisioning economy, not a market economy. <coughs> And so from that, then, I found that what I should do to try to change things for the better was to promote this idea and try to follow it wherever it went. And so that's what I've done in, in the last uh, 40 years. And, uh, and it's been a great adventure, and I've loved doing it. And I just uh, I talked to some young person the other day who was saying, oh, gosh, this situation is so terrible, and look at all of the people that are suffering and all of the wars, and, you know, just, and it is just awful, and, uh, and our elections and everything. And, but I guess there's nothing I can do about it, so I just have to live a happy life. And, uh, you know, I said, but that's really not what I, that's, that's not what I've done at all with my life. <laughs> And I'm yeah. much happier, I think. That's the only way to be happy is to, is if you have a chance. If, first of all, if you can find a way to do something positive, uh, find it and then do it. That's the main thing, yeah. I think. Yeah, I so agree. That's what I, you know, I've we, been trying we, to do. Yeah, we have to live, uh, you know, I, I feel, you know, maybe it's because we're women and it just comes natural to us, I don't know, but uh, living a life of meaning uh, is important and I, and it's, and that life of meaning isn't always about just yourself, you know, it's, I, I always go back to it's the we and the us, you know, not the, not the I and the me. Um, so well, I talk you, about you start... it as gifting. I mean, that is what I'm yeah. trying to do is give the gift of, of gifting. And uh, and we make a we by giving and receiving with each other and right. also by giving together. So that's how it's not a – there's no them. It's if I give to you, then we are we <laughs> and vice versa. Yes, it's 
Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not uh, this rugged individualism. The, you know, it's not right. this, you know, I, Ayn Rand stuff that, uh, right. you know, some would some would profess. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the language. You know, you've mentioned it a couple times. You have that new book coming up, uh, The Gift in the Heart of Language. Give some examples of um, the mothering language that, that you uh, are referring to. Well, it's not exactly a mothering language. I think all language is based on mothering. Um, And so for me, when you say um, um, the girl hit the ball, the girl is the subject and she is the giver. The subject is the giver. The ball is the gift. Uh, I mean, the hit is the gift and the ball is the receiver. So this very structure of uh, subject, predicate, and object is based on gift-giving. And uh, there's another phrase such as the the girl hit the ball that rolled into the gutter. This is a linguist's uh, example. And that means doing that, that that is the giver, rolled is the gift, and the gutter is the receiver. So the, uh, what I say is that um, our grammar is based on on our maternal mother-child nurturing, and uh, it's not strange that it be so because that is the most important experience for the child is receiving the nurture that makes them live, and so they're they're bound to uh, have that underlined in their psyche. And so that is uh, how it gets into language, and it is the basic structure of conversation, because if I give you word gifts, you receive those, and that's also a uh, a giving and receiving interaction. Um, And the book is is kind of an attempt to show in a lot of different ways how giving and receiving works in the very structure of language. Um, And I use a lot of different linguists and linguistic theories to uh, show them and reinterpret those in terms of giving and receiving. Okay. uh, And so that's that's what I mean by uh, language as based on mothering uh, and, and meaning as based on mothering. Uh, because I actually think words give to each other. So you say the red ball, you've given red to ball, and that's how they stick together. Um, gotcha. And one of the questions that linguists have had is how do they how do words merge with each other? Um, so it, it, that gives you a different idea of what we're doing when we're talking. Instead of just yeah. putting some abstract schemas into action uh we're we're mothering each other verbally and that goes yes, to show yes. that that we're really we're a very mothering species because we do it both linguistically as well as uh, materially so in, so in, so really, you know, you're giving us a different way to look at language. Instead of just looking at it um, as uh, sentence structure or 
uh, you know, just a way to understand one another. You're saying, you know, almost metaphorically in a way, you know, you're saying let's look at, you know, let's let's look at language differently. Let's look at how, uh, you know, just by virtue of language existing, um, and and we use it, we use it between each other. Um, when we use it between each other, we are gifting each other. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a gift structure. It's a structure based yeah. on gifting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and now you so mentioned that, that you, if, you, if if we have a different paradigm, this is a really different way of looking at language from right. uh, the, the way that you look at it through through a market culture, which does not in, include gifting within it uh, at all. And okay. Well, yeah. speaking of language, um, would would you you talk about homo donans? What is homo donans? Well, you know, we talk about homo sapiens, or homo sapiens sapiens, meaning the the knowing being, um, or the being that knows that it knows. Uh, and we talk about homo economicus, that's the economic being, but homo donans is the giving. Being, the giving human being, and so that's the way to define our species as a giving species rather than just as a knowing species because you have to give and receive before you can know, and a child has to be nurtured and has to receive before it can uh, be begin to know. So okay. We have, All right. That that, that, that makes our, sense. So but now, do we actually do do we actually have societies out there now that are based on gifting, and do they still exist? There are still matriarchal societies, and uh, I know you had a conversation with Heide Gertner Abendroff, uh, and and they do still have a lot of gift practices of uh, large scale gifting from uh, one group that has a lot to another group that has less, and uh, gift festivals and so forth. But mothering in all of the societies, whether it's done by women, by birth mothers, or it's done by extended families or villages or matriarchal societies where men and women both do mothering, uh, the mother's brother does mothering, um, that is all based on gifting. Mothering is not, in the, at least in the first three years, is not based on exchange. Children don't understand exchange until they're three or four years old. Um, right. So right. they they just don't they can't give you back an equivalent of what you've given them. So everybody begins life in a gift economy. And, makes that uh, makes we, sense. And we well, and I think I just thought of. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. <laughs> um, so we could say that indigenous societies that were pre-capitalist uh, are still are not bought into the market, um, have, let's say, based their own economies and their adult ways of distributing goods on the maternal gifting ways, on the maternal ways of satisfying needs, rather than on the profit-making motive that our capitalism Im- imposes. Yeah. Well, and, so and you know, when I was thinking... So societies still have 
a lot of gift economy in them. Uh, and I was thinking about Tesla. Um, you know, I, I think maybe, you know, he to a certain extent is uh, using some gift giving because I think he is giving away the patents to some of his um, uh, creations, his uh you know the 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 uh, oh you know I, I forget what it is exactly, but I heard him on TV the other day uh, saying that uh, you know the, the interviewer was saying and you're giving these patents away free and why you know and he said well you know because I think it's the right thing to do um, and um, well that's and, what and, the, and, you know the I, internet as well on the, on the free software I don't know I yeah. think Tesla. Tesla, we may be talking about two different people, but the Tesla I know of was an Italian inventor. Like in the, in the no, no, I'm century. talking about the car. Tesla, the car manufacturer oh, really? uh, today. Oh, wonderful. I didn't yeah. know that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, they're actually and, you giving know, away the patents of, the, of their cars. That's fantastic. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know how much of it he's given away, but he's obviously, uh, you know, giving away some something significant. And I mean, he's got electric cars, I believe. I think that's what the Teslas, uh, what the Teslas are. And, yeah. and you know, and and you know, I, as I keep trying to think of other examples of gift giving, I mean, you think of Mother Earth. You know, she gives us everything we need to sustain ourselves with. Uh, you know, and would, we don't we don't give anything back. We just take. <laughs> um, no, you know, that's it, what's wrong with us, with capitalism is that we we haven't learned we don't learn from our own mothers we don't take our own the maternal paradigm we don't take the prototype the the model of the mother uh, we take another model which is of a of a non gift giving uh, father who's not I don't want to knock men on this because men can be gift giving as well and they can be maternal, but the the kind of uh, uh, macho prototype that we have of men is not a gift giving uh, uh, prototype. It's not a, a model that uh, men can follow to uh, to to learn to give. And uh, neither can women follow that model to learn to give. We all have to go to the nurturing model and and give from that and not from the one that is the non-giving model that is part of the market because the model that's in the market is the one that is uh, exploitative and greedy and uh, trying to amass as much money and power as possible and uh, be the model that way, and we have somebody out there right now who is a great example of this mm-hmm. of this terrible macho way, uh, who is now running for president. And if we do that, it's too bad for us. Right. Well, and and you know, I'm thinking, you know, whenever someone gives to a charity, I mean, as long as they're not doing it for the tax break, or whenever somebody mentors someone and gives of themselves, you know, um, yeah. all of these different things. Uh, so I guess you know, maybe there is more gift giving out there than um, at least you know maybe we realize uh, when we stop yeah. to yeah. think about. You know, when we volunteer, you know, if we, yeah. if, you know, when we, when we volunteer, we're gift giving. 
Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, except um, all of these pieces of gift-giving are not connected to each other, and we don't realize that they're really uh, the, the, the the harbinger of a, a better society and of a of a different paradigm and a different economy. Right. Um, right. And and we're caught in in this exploitative economy that is destroying everything. But but there is so much gift giving already going on, and we have the model of Mother Earth still with us, even though we're destroying her as much as we seem to be able to do. Um, so if we, and we have the model of human mothers. Somebody's always there. If it's not the mother, it's the grandmother. People who right. want to take on that burden of having a baby uh, and bringing them up, and if the, if nobody does it, the baby dies. So right, exactly. uh, people step up and 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 do the, that gift giving that allows that child to become uh, a part of the we, <laughs> that part of the community. Yeah. Now, um, before we run out of time, um, I want to ask you, uh, you recently got interested in interpersonal neurobiology of mothers and children. So can yeah. you explain what that has to do with the gift economy? Well, what um, mostly what I uh, have been impressed by is the, um, the real um, enormous amount of development that goes on in the brain uh, after birth. And uh, I've read some of Alan Shore and some of uh, Daniel Siegel, and they have been uh, talking about how mothers and children's interactions uh, with each other are what bring up uh, all of the new information into the into the neurons. And the neurons are... Uh, are, are um, developing, the, the, the brain is developing uh, 40,000 new neuron connections a second in the first uh, 10 months of life. And so you can see that everything that, that comes into that child's uh, mind uh, is, is in influencing their, um, their neuron connections. And the Siegel says that that, that these the interactions with mothers and children form or sculpt the way our our brains work, and so it's in this time, which is not a time of exchange, it's a time of giving and receiving, that all of this amazing stuff happens. And then at a certain point, the things, the connections that are not that are not um, activated die off and so you what you have left is the is a brain that has been very importantly shaped and sculpted by this mother child interaction and that interaction is based on uh nurturing and so that's one reason i say that we are human beings whose core is really Nurturing and being nurtured, uh, giving and uh, being given to. Um, and so that is, justifies, I think, the idea that we would be much happier as a species in a gift economy where we generalize gift giving 
rather than an exchange economy where we stop gift-giving in its tracks and exploit it as soon as we can. And so the, these are the these are the choices that we have that uh, I would say that we don't even realize we have because we've never recognized gift giving as a, a, a as a genuine human interaction and economy. And in fact, when we found gift economies in our capitalist European capitalist mode, we've uh, decimated them and tried to capture and, and plunder them. So, um, so we need to revision, revise our whole economic thinking and patriarchal thinking, and and refine a maternal economy uh, to uh, a mother-child interactive way of going about life, uh, where you give free and you find out the needs of the other person and you satisfy them. It's very, it's very simple. And uh, it can be generalized and done in general because you don't see only the other one person, but you see also groups and so forth. And so groups can nurture groups and festivals can happen and, and gifts can circulate right. throughout. Uh, so, um, so, so, Jen, let, let me ask you. I, I, I had a conversation with Heidi Gottner Abendroth about, you know, matriarchies, and <clears throat> we briefly spoke about the challenges uh, she's faced, uh, you know, teaching about uh, that history. You know, uh, you know, patriarchy and people who benefit from patriarchy would, uh, you know, rather those new ideas, uh, these alternatives, you know, stay swept beneath the rug. Um, have you also um, run up against any challenges as you've been out there teaching about this, or has it been uh, an easier an easier road, you know, with a better reception? Well, I think um, for me, a lot of people are interested in the gift economy. I started talking about it, um, you know, a long time in the '60s or in the '70s, and um, then there were not very many people talking about it. But since then, it has become very widespread. People know about it everywhere. There are you know, tens of books about it that have been written in Italy and a number of them in the U.S. and other countries. Just a second. <coughs> and, uh, uh, for example, there's Charles Eisenstein in the United States who's made very uh, big um, hit with his work on a gift economy. Um, but all of, the, all of these books uh, and, and, and all of this work does not include mothering. It's just really amazing that uh, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't have any uh, root. It doesn't have any maternal root. People don't recognize it. So that, yeah. is, that is what has made, uh, has sort of, formed my uh, path in these last few years is to try to reveal that that mothering really is the basis of of the gift economy. And on the other hand, there's another problem, which is that, that in feminism, which uh, should be the, the um, a big venue for this, uh, there's a big fear of essentialism. That is of the idea that women uh, are are mainly mothers. That this is mainly 
excuse me, I'm losing my uh, voice a second. <coughs> and so anytime you talk about mothers in the feminist movement, everybody uh, has a knee-jerk reaction against you. <laughs> so that's a problem. And uh, I, yeah. I go around it. I talk about it a lot. I, I try to explain that that's not what I'm talking I'm not trying to enslave women. I, I mean, this is, I realize that women have had the, the um, really huge burden of uh, child care and house care and so forth for, for centuries. But it's not the fault of women. It's the fault of the context of capitalism and the market that has yeah. taken from women. It's not the fault of the host. It's the fault of the parasite, which is the market. Yeah. Yeah, so, you're not trying uh, to relegate relegate women back to the, you know, uh, barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. No, absolutely uh, you know, that, not. I'm just trying to yeah. change the whole society onto a, a model of nurturing rather than a, a model of exploitation. So, and, and you know uh, what, and, and maybe you're better off, because, you, you know, because language is so loaded, uh, and, uh, you know, and we know there's so many words that we have to be careful with because uh, of the, um, you know, the connotation, unfortunately, that comes with it, you know, whether it's, uh, you, you know what I mean, whether it's uh, pagan, yeah. feminist, witch, all of these different things. Um, maybe you're better off um, saying nurturing rather than mothering. Maybe. I don't know, but I, I, I do want to say mothering because there is that interaction. Uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, I get that. Uh, interpersonal, neurobiological interaction. Right. Uh, that between the caregiver and the child. And it can be a man, yeah. too. I mean, if, if a man takes that detailed care of a child that a mother uh, generally does, or a, uh, a, 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 even a paid caregiver it can do the same. Because the yeah. child doesn't know that the caregiver is paid. It's just right. But she still yeah. gets that that uh, caregiving model. Um, yeah. Well, maybe all, all the more reason, all the more reason to say nurturing rather than mothering. Then you know, because it doesn't have to be the biological mother. It can be a male. Um, I mean, I see your I see your point. You know, you want to uh, pay tribute to that that mothering connection. Um, I do. It's been a but, lot of hard work for for so many women. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so many centuries. <laughs> I want to and, pay tribute to that. And. So, Jen, you know, my final question, and maybe it's obvious, but, you know, uh, maybe it's not. How do you think we use all of these ideas to um, bring peace to the world? Well, uh, one thing is I think that if you, you think about the exchange paradigm where you have to, where you give in order to get something back, uh, wars are usually based on something like vengeance where you punish you give back for something that's been done to you. Uh, so they're mostly on the exchange model. Uh, somebody hits you and you hit them back. Uh, if we if we go on to a gift model where we're satisfying needs, it, it's a whole different way of doing things. Uh, we don't get into that um, mirroring the other person or the other group and, and trying to uh, overcome what they've done to us. So it's not mothering or gifting. It's not based on force. It's based on 
understanding the other person, looking at their needs, sensitivity to what they're doing. And that is the kind of interaction that we need when we're trying to make peace rather than the kind of interaction that that pays people back for what they've done wrong. Well, and let's face it, too. I mean, how many wars are really about, you know, theft of natural resources, power over, uh, you know, control, uh, you know, it's all, you know, monetary in some way, um, and none of those things reflect nurturing or mothering or philanthropy, you know. Uh, Yeah, 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 absolutely. After the uh, attack on uh, September 11th, if we had... uh, given um, money or goods to Afghanistan and to Iraq, it would have been a very different kind of outcome than if making war on yeah. them for all these things. Yeah, rather, they, the, rather, than, rather than just grow some more terrorists. Uh, and, and yeah. you know, and, and, and more hate and more animosity, uh, you know, we would have looked like the, um, you know, the people taking the high road. You know, we would have, we would have looked like, uh, isn't it Hezbollah, the ones that usually, the terrorists that usually go into these places and give the people what they need to sustain themselves and say, look, it's the United States dropping of, the bombs on you. Al-Qaeda was doing that. But it's, but why didn't we do that instead of we should have realized what were the reasons behind the attacks on us and yeah. well a lot of that <laughs> has to do with poverty and uh yes. and the yeah. uh and the hate of a country that's being such uh the the macho uh the macho head guy on the block and uh, and and not respecting the machos in those <laughs> We are yeah. so dumb. You know, we have no diplomacy. We can't realize that, that people in other countries are just as have just as much patriarchy as we do, and 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 then that's just patriarchy against patriarchy. And if if mothers really were the models in those other countries as well, it wouldn't happen. Well, this it was stuff right. none of this would happen. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, so, Jen, um, things- it. it it, it's. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Did you want to? Uh, did, did you want to no, say something to close? One of the things to, to do would be to to create a mother's movement between the countries that are at war, and that has happened other times also. I remember also grandmothers' movements with uh, the Soviet Union, but but uh, that that is uh, I think always the way to peace. And I I have a friend uh, uh, in Israel who's. Putting, put together a book on mothering and peace and the gift economy and matriarchal studies, and that's going to be out in English too eventually. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, um, let's let's make sure we mention the titles, the new titles, uh, and the old titles. I mean, uh, so let's see. The first one is Forgiving a Feminist Criticism of Exchange. That's an older one, but still a goodie. Uh, and yeah. you've got the homodonans, homo which you just uh, described what that means. Uh, then you have the newer one, uh, The Gift in the Heart of Language, the Maternal Source of Meaning. Um, and then you have uh, – and you – Let's see, and you also have Women and the Gift Economy, another one. 
Um, and you have the other new anthology coming out uh, based on that conference in Rome, The Maternal yeah. Root of the Gift Economy. So right. um, will these and be available? I have three children's in, in books as well. I have three, three children's children. books. Oh, well, what, what, and how how do we find these? Are all of those are they all yeah, on uh, Amazon? You can or get do we them all on my uh, website gift economy dot com, or you can uh, go to Amazon or other bookstores or bo- other bookstores online, and uh, and find them there. Uh, you know, I did I didn't know you had children's books, uh, Jen. Could you yeah. briefly uh, maybe say have, what those uh, titles one are? Book one book is called Free and and Not Free and it has it you turn it over one side it says free on the cover, you turn it over on the other side and it says not free and it's the story of a of a canary uh who um he it goes flies out and teaches uh, the other animals uh, that things should not be free, and so then all of nature decides not to be free. <laughs> the sun eventually goes out, and then on the other side, it's the canary who makes everything free, like nature, and then there's no more war, and everybody is happy and lives happily ever after. So. It's an explanation of the gift economy for children, but it works for adults as well. And then there's, there's yeah. another book, uh, another one called Mother Nature's Children about some some little boys that go to a ranch and live in nature and are very happy, and then they come into the city and get really um, terrible, uh, pestiferous, and, and uh, very mean to each other. And then in, in the end, uh, they go to a park, and Mother Nature comes there, and they they go back to being nice kids. So, <laughs> these well, are the two books I have out. I had another one, but I didn't like it, so I haven't put it out. So, <laughs> well, you know, we 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 need more of those out there. You know, uh, we yeah. definitely need need these uh, these new stories for children for the next uh, generation. Yeah. So, uh, well, well, listen. Thank you so much uh, for for being oh, back here so on the show. I can send you. I'll send you my children's books. Okay. All right. Like. That would be lovely. Yeah, I, okay. I would. I, I really, I really would. Thank you. I mean, because uh, yeah, when welcome. I give these talks, uh, you know, when I give these talks about, you know, uh, encouraging people to rewrite new stories or reinterpret the old ones, I can hold yours up and say, "See, like these." <laughs> um, okay, great. So that that. That would be that would be great. Thank you. Um, okay, okay, so uh, just to mention uh, your your websites one last time, it is uh, gifteconomy.com, and there's a dash yes, between gift and economy. Gift dash economy dot com. And and then your name and uh, uh, Genevieve Vaughn. And then Vaughan. I have a new one that's not quite up yet. It's genevievevaughn.org. but it, it, okay. in the next couple of days it should be up. 
All right, and so listeners can go uh, straight to the source there. Um, well, again, Jen, thank you, thank you so much for everything you've done. You've contributed so much to the community. I mean, the gift economy, the Sekhmet Temple. Um, I mean, you uh, you have done an incredible amount of uh, of gift giving uh, to the world and to women, and uh, thank we you. appreciate you. It's been a you. great pleasure to be able to do something like I said. It, it really it's, it has been a I've been very blessed to be able to live my life this way. Well, you know, you certainly a life worth living. Um, so thank, thank you so much. And, and you too. Thank uh, you, you know, so much for everything you're doing as well. So oh, I appreciate well, you it know, a lot. We, we, we're service oriented. What can I say? It's just in our genes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, listen, anytime you want to come back, anything new you got going, you want to share with listeners, please uh, pop me an email, and uh, you know you're always welcome back on the show. Okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate okay. you asking me. Okay, all right, good night. Good night. Well, um, good stuff good stuff, uh, as I knew it would be, and uh, I'm always happy for more people to learn about uh, uh, the work of so many of our, our foremothers and way showers, uh, like Genevieve Vaughn, who's, you know, dedicated her life to, uh, you know, uh, creating a new world, and uh, I hope you enjoyed that. So, uh, before we uh, close tonight, uh, a word from Joe Carson, so stay with me. Most people see humankind as really separate from nature and separate from the earth. I'm as much of this earth as a rock or a tree is. And I came out of it. This is my mother planet. I grew out of this earth. As long as we conceive of divinity as above us or outside of us, or that our bodies are somehow less divine than spirit, there's no way that we can change our course. Well, you've been listening to the trailer for Dancing with Gaia, Joe Carson's feature-length documentary film. In it, she interviews 15 visionaries and teachers about earth energy, sacred sexuality, and the return of the goddess as Gaia. Joe traveled to ancient sacred sites all over Europe and the Mediterranean to shoot the film. These spiritual sites from northern Scotland to central Turkey profoundly affected the origins of Western culture. If you've always wanted to see them yourself but haven't, this is a great opportunity to experience some of the best ones and get their story. The DVD uh, comes packaged with a 45-page color mini-book, which goes even deeper into the material. And you can buy the DVD and booklet for only $20 at uh, DancingWithGaia.com. Now, um, I want to tell you uh, who our guest uh, next week will be. Uh, returning to the show after a long time gone, I am happy to say uh, I will have David Hillman with me. Uh, he's been getting up, uh, getting into a lot of uh, a lot of stuff <laughs> uh, since uh, he's been on the show. Uh, he's gotten himself in some hot water uh, along the way, but. Um, 
you know, what can I say? That's David. Uh, he is a, a servant of the muses, and uh, he dances to his own drummer, and uh, he uh, definitely, uh, I cannot, con- you know, describe him as a conformist by any means. And uh, his topic uh, for next week's show is, what does the ancient Sibyl say about your vote what does the ancient Sibyl say about your vote? Now, that's, uh, you know, that's a little bit of a teaser uh, a topic, we're, but we're going to be talking about a lot of things, like uh, what is the university and why we need them now, and what sort of woman created the first university, and why did she do that? Um, we're going to talk about uh, holy sodomy and uh, why teach it to your sons and daughters. We're going to talk about free speech on uh, on uh, university campuses. And, um, you know, you might suspect that uh, David is kind of run afoul uh, of, uh, of some people in authority because uh, they did not want him to uh, exercise uh, free about the sibyls of the Vatican Hill that acted as prophets uh, for the pagan Roman government. Um, you know, uh, we're going to talk about uh, some of his students at the Catholic University where he taught, uh, who put on the play Medea uh, at their Catholic University, and how that all turned out. Hmm, it wasn't good. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, controversial as always, uh, but we love him. Uh, David Hillman will be back with us uh, next Wednesday. So uh, just a reminder, um, as I said at the beginning of the show, uh, starting in early October uh, through early November, I will be running that special series, Their Voices Live On, Gone But Not Forgotten, uh, where you will be able to hear old interviews uh, or uh, of, of folks that have passed on, like Margot Adler, uh, Lane Redman, uh, Lydia Rule, uh, Patricia Minahan, uh, Lady Olivia Robertson, uh, Ash Fidel Long, uh, Isaac Bonowitz, Barbara Moore, uh, people who have contributed so much uh, to help uh, reshape society. And uh, it is my great pleasure to still have uh, their voices here in the archives or uh, if we don't have their voices, we have people uh, talking and, uh, you know, to their, uh, you know, talking in tribute uh, to their life. So um, what you should really make sure you do is uh, be sure you have hit the follow button on my show page, uh, because if you are not in my email database, uh, you won't otherwise uh, get notice of these shows uh, when they're airing. And that way, uh, you absolutely will. Um, So go to my show page and hit the follow button if you don't want to miss um, the wisdom of these uh, foremothers and way showers. Um, Okay, dear listeners, thank you again uh, for being with me tonight. And um, I'll close with the mottos of the show. Uh, Gandhi said, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. I think that is the story of us quite frankly, changing the world, don't you? 
And author Schopenhauer, the 19th century a German philosopher, said, all truth passes through three stages. First, it's ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. And third, it is accepted uh, for being self-evident. Well, that is uh, all I got for you tonight. Uh, I would uh, you know, wish you a, a, a wonderful weekend. Uh, enjoy what's left of, uh, I guess if you want to call it the summer. Uh, remember, be good to yourself during this Mercury retrograde and uh, this lunar eclipse uh, we have Sunday. Uh, use the energies of that uh, to your advantage as you uh, try to shed any uh, feelings that uh, no longer serve you. Uh, shed those feelings of uh, disempowerment. Shed those feelings of being small. Um, you know, toss out the window any ideas of being, um, you know, of of lack of validation. You know, we don't we don't need that. Okay, well. That does it for tonight. Uh, I will uh, close tonight uh, with a little bit of music. Uh, Enjoy Abigail Spinner McBride, Arms of the Mother, in honor of this uh, gift-giving, maternal, nurturing type of world we hope to create. Good night.